Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We will go till 8 o'clock tonight, one hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. Brian Windhorse covers the NBA Hoop Collective podcast for ESPN. Uh, will join us in about a half hour. I'm looking forward to getting a chance to talk to him. And as I'm literally sitting here, I was just telling Funches as the game is, uh, or as the show is starting here, uh, Memphis had John ja Morant come back tonight. And this was the first game that he came back. The score was tied at 113 apiece right when we started the show. So I got the game on in the background. John ja Morant hits a shot at the buzzer. And the Memphis Grizzlies over the Pelicans, 115 to 113. What do you end up with? 36, 34 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. All right, I had to just get that out of the way because it was happening right in front of me. I know John Morant's going to be a storyline now that he's back. Um, we got a lot to get into. There's a lot around Los Angeles Lakers basketball right now. There always is. You heard John Ireland on the call right there talking about the Lakers putting up the banner, the in-season tournament banner. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. I think those who have uh, been listening to me on any of the platforms on our YouTube channel, I do Lakers Talk Daily in the morning, the show with Travis, the pregame show, not exactly crazy to be giving up that type of real estate for the in-season tournament. I'll do that in a little bit. But what I really want to start the the show with is how the Lakers have done since that in-season tournament championship. What's going on with the Lakers? I mean, I was kind of going out of my way, starting to get excited about this Lakers team um, after they won the in-season tournament championship. And I kept mentioning this because I thought it was important. Hey, it's cool that they won the tournament. That's fine. But these are regular season games. I just want to see them playing good basketball. I really personally was not that invested in the in-season tournament. I thought it was cool. I, I Actually, I'm excited what's to come in that tournament because I do think it brings some attention to the league that's not there. But the world wasn't going to end whether they won that thing or not. I just want to see good basketball. You play 82 games a year. All of these games count towards your regular season except that championship game. Not 100% sure why they don't count that or count the stats or anything along those lines. Um, but nonetheless, walking away from that game from the Pacers, I think a lot of Laker fans were saying, okay, hey, all right, looks like they're finally healthy. Okay, we don't have any excuses left for the Lakers. Vanderbilt's back. Cam Reddish is there. Rui Hachimura's been in the lineup. He's back in. Um, and the Lakers were starting to play some good ball. And what I liked most about it was they were playing defense. They were a team that was making it happen on the defensive side. The offense is going to take care of itself. There's enough players for the Lakers on that team with the talent of LeBron, with the talent of Anthony Davis. Austin Reeves can get you 20 on any given night. D'Lo can go get you some buckets. Rui Hachima, I'm not as concerned from an offensive perspective. It was more about the defense. So I thought that the stretch that the Lakers went through, it looked like they were ready and they were certainly playing some good basketball. First game they had, this was a week ago today, after the in-season tournament, it was the Mavs. 
I'm feeling against the Mavs. Okay, well, well how are they going to lose this game? They got Kyrie Irving's out. There's other three, four other key role players that were out. Seth Curry left the game 12 minutes in. Um, Lakers can't lose to Dallas. They got everybody. Only person they didn't have in that game is Jared Vanderbilt. And then next thing you know, the Lakers give up 127 points to the Dallas Mavericks without Kyrie Irving, and they lose. Then they play two against the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs had lost 18 games in a row. San Antonio splits with the Lakers. I get it. Braun sat in one game. AD sat in another. D'Lo sat in a game as well. I, I understand that the Lakers did not have everybody in there. Um, but there was one game, the first game that they played, which was on a Wednesday. Lakers gave up 45 points in a quarter and just barely held on. They started the game on Friday giving up 42 points to start the game and end up giving up 129 points to the San Antonio Spurs. And then last night, the Lakers had the New York Knicks coming into town. And I don't think anybody's picking the Knicks. I remember having this conversation with Michael Thompson in the pregame show. Nobody's picking the New York Knicks to go out there and represent the Eastern Conference. But that, that's kind of a, a tough, gritty team, right? They're a grinded-out team. They're a team coached by Tom Thibodeau. you got to kind of respect uh, a team like the Knicks. They're not going to just lay down. They're going to come out and work. They're going to go to work. They're 14-11 and 11 on the season coming into that game. And that's exactly what they did. They outworked the Lakers. Lakers struggled from the field. Um, the New York Knicks did exactly what you expect them to do. They're going to grind out for 48 minutes. They're going to hit the glass. They're probably going to grab offensive rebounds. Jalen Brunson's going to cook when he can. Julius Randle's going to have some moments. They're going to need somebody else to get hot, and that was quickly, Emmanuel quickly for them. And the Lakers walk away from that game against the New York Knicks with another L. One and three since that in-season tournament, and one and three since the in-season tournament, uh, or since that championship, where they went seven and zero through that tournament, through the group play and, and the, sem- the quarterfinals, semis, and then eventually the finals in Vegas against Indiana. Just when I thought I understood what this Lakers team is, uh, we're go- kind of going back to the same tendencies that the Lakers were in. And I, I got to be honest with you, when people say, um, well, it's because the Lakers, this is what happens after they have the up of the in-season tournament, and this is what happens after. That I, I have a very difficult time tr- kind of trying to process that and understand it. Um, yesterday, LeBron was asked a question. Uh, BT, Brad Turner of the LA Times, you guys know him. He's on the pregame show this all the time. He hops on uh, Lakers talk on here. And he was asked a question, kind of like, all right, what's been going on here? And Braun said, I don't know, have you seen Indiana, Indiana's record since Vegas? The Pacers, I think, are one and four since uh, the in-season tournament as well. And I think their overall record is about 13 and 12, something along those lines. I don't understand the explanation. I really don't. So the Lakers were prepared for the in-season tournament, which goes towards your regular season games but they're not prepared once the in-season tournament is done, which also goes towards the regular season, it just doesn't connect to me. It doesn't jive. And maybe this has been part of my disconnect with the in-season tournament. Guys, I I thought it was fun. I thought it was, uh, maybe because it's the first time it's ever been done, I bought in. I was going on shows after and talking about, hey, that, that, 
broadcast they had with TNT and ESPN, the semifinal that they did, the four teams in Las Vegas, that's freaking awesome. And it looks like the fans are into it, the players are into it, all that. I thought it was cool. But I did not know that that was going to derail the Lakers in games that aren't part of the in-season tournament. Maybe it's just a bad week for the Lake Show, but there's some things that I think are starting to creep up, especially when the Lakers are playing against good teams. By the way, they're going to have an incredibly tough schedule coming up this week, so I think there's going to be a lot of that as well. But that's my disconnect. Where where I kind of get lost is where people are trying to justify well, because they had the high of the in-season tournament, and now this is the low. What was the high of the in-season tournament? It was just a seven-game tourney during the middle of the season. I mean, if we're trying to make it sound like this was uh, the 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 like an actual championship, I, I I get tremendously confused when I'm trying to figure out some of the excuses that I've heard for the Lakers. I don't think there are any excuses. I think they're clearly playing bad basketball. I think they got a lot of guys, at least right now, that are very inconsistent. I don't know what is going to give the Lakers every night. I really don't. I have no idea what Rui Hachimura is going to give the Lakers every night. I have no idea. Torian Prince, who's had some pretty decent games from the field as far as his shooting percentage goes, and as of late, he took 13 threes yesterday. He was 3 of 13 from the three-point line. I didn't know Torian Prince has the green light to take 13 threes for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I I don't want to make excuses for this team. I don't think they're 1-3 and three because of the in-season tournament. I don't think that, you know, right now looking at the NBA standings, uh, listen, I know it's early, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm overreacting, but I really had, a week ago we were sitting here, and my expectations were really starting to churn for the Lakers, and I thought because they were getting healthy that, hey, they're in a great spot here. Watch the Lakers now just kind of start taking off. Uh, they should take off. Why should? Why wouldn't they take off? They got everybody back. All we've been waiting for was everybody be ba- everybody to be back, and they've taken steps backwards. So they're 15-12 and 12 on the season now, which is eighth place in the Western Conference. I tell this to Trav all the time. I still want to see the Lakers in the in-season tournament again. Uh, I'm sorry, not in the in-season. I'm confusing it too. In the playing tournament again. I just don't want to see them back in that playing tournament. I feel like every year the Lakers are having to do so much just to be a part of the playoff picture. And last year is a perfect example. They had to play basically perfect basketball for the final quarter of the season just to make the in- the um, uh, playing tournament. And even that playing tournament, how risky was that? They had a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was the 7-8 matchup. And it goes to overtime. Lakers barely win that game. We're pretty much down the entire game. There were some key players missing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you guys remember, Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert. These guys were not a part of that game. Minnesota still almost beat the Lake Show. And if they would have beat the Lakers, Lakers would have potentially had a first-round matchup against the Denver Nuggets. And I think we all know how that would have went because the Lakers played the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals and they got swept. So uh, I really, really would like to see the Lakers less excuses and more just start pet playing a better brand of basketball um, and certainly try figuring out what your character is and what your foundation is. Because I think up to this point, just when you start getting excited, they have the type of week that they just had, and I think it raises all these questions again. 
Um, is the world going to end? It is not. Are the Lakers still 15 and 12 and have plenty of time to play good basketball and put themselves in a spot where they don't have to be one of those, that 7 through 10 spot or something along those lines? Of course, they have plenty of time. But I thought that was going to start happening over the last week. And where I thought they can really, really do damage, probably go three and one over the course of a week. The Dallas, San Antonio, San Antonio, New York, they went one and three. And no part of the way they were playing was, uh, was encouraging to me. Okay. Quick shout out here. Quick shout out here to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. If your car is due for a service, head into your neighborhood, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It's home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Do the Lakers need to make a move? And the reason why I think this is a relevant conversation right now is because tomorrow the Lakers got the Chicago Bulls. And I don't know how long or how many different times we've heard Zach Levine's name pop up over the last couple of months. And, you know, I, I certainly have my thoughts on Zach Levine specifically, but I, I think the conversation of do they have what they need to make a real run in the Western Conference, and Brian Windhorst is going to join us at 7.30, so he can give us a little bit of a context on that as well. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. By the way, if you want to call in, if you're out on the road or listening on uh, the ESPN LA app, uh, 877-877. 710 ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. We'll talk about if the Lakers should make some kind of move before the trade deadline, which is not for a couple of months. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers got a game coming up tomorrow. Lakers and the Chicago Bulls. Make sure you tune in all day tomorrow. We'll make sure to uh, get you covered in the morning. Travis and Sliwa show, Mason in Ireland. Um, trying to actually look here as we're talking as far as the uh, game time tomorrow. It, it's it, it's funny because the, the Lakers actually they come home for one game. They go on a three game road trip. Come home for one game against the Knicks. I know part of this is because of the in season tournament. Um, and then, uh, and now back out on the road for another three straight games. So tomorrow tip offs at five o'clock. Pre-game show will start at three thirty. So a couple things that I was starting to get into in regards to the, if the Lakers need to make a move or not. They need to make a move. 
is that from what you've seen so far, is that something that you feel like is imperative? The rumor of at least the name that we've been listening to for how long does it seem now? It seems like the Lakers and Zach Levine have been rumored since the start of the season. Once the Chicago Bulls realize, all right, we're not going anywhere. And oh, by the way, Zach Levine's contract, $215 million is what he signed. Now, this is, um, he's into the contract, but he's still going to have a number of years. So this is the second year of his contract. He's still guaranteed $43 million next year, $45 million the following year, and then another $48 million, which is a player option in the 2026-2027 season. I've said this before. Um, if the Lakers are going to go get Zach Levine, and that's going to be their guy, that hey, let's go away from this, you don't need a third star. No, no, just build a team. That's what the team did in the offseason. That's what Palenka decided to do. He said, let's go get Rui. Let's bring him back. D'Angelo Russell, let's get him on a deal here. Austin Reeves, let's make sure he's taken care of. Vanderbilt, the Lakers took care of. Um, let's go get guys that we feel like can can play a role on this team. Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes. Go down with Christian Wood. And let's just build a team. Let's have depth. Let's go 10, 11 guys deep on top of what LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to do for you. I'm not opposed to that game plan. The question that you got to ask yourself right now for the Lakers, and you don't have to do it tomorrow. Like I mentioned, I'm bringing this up more because the Lakers got the Bulls tomorrow, and this is specific to should the Lakers go after Zach Levine. Is that the guy that you think, hey, if they're going to go make a move, target Zach Levine? Because if you get Zach Levine, all right, now you're in the conversation with the Celtics, with the Bucks, with uh, Denver Nuggets, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know that's not a team that we thought would be 20 and five through the first 25 games, but they're 20 and five through the first 25 games. OKC, I, I could see being a headache in the playoffs as well. Is Zach Levine the answer to go make that happen? Personally, for me, the rumors that I've heard out there, and I, I saw Chris Haynes put something out yesterday. Um, Something to the effect that the Lakers are unwilling to include Austin Reeves in a deal for Zach Levine. The exact quote, I think any deal involving the Lakers and the Bulls will have to include Austin Reeves, but the Lakers are not interested at all in moving Austin Reeves. It's funny interacting with folks on social. And listen, this is just Laker fans, so I get it. Everyone's putting their opinion out there. Hey, just give up a D'Angelo Russell and give up Rui Hachimura and you know another small little piece, and the numbers work. Okay, but if I'm the Chicago Bulls, why do I want D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura? Why? What what have they done for me to say i got to get my hands on those two guys? Um, if I'm the if I'm the Chicago Bulls, A, I'm asking for expiring contracts. I want to make sure that I'm not – I, I want to get rid of this Zach Levine contract, and in the process, I'm also not trying to uh, take on bad contracts. Now, by the way, I don't think D'Lo and Rui have bad contracts. I don't. The Rui contract, all right, it's 17 a year for three years. We'll see what that ends up being, but it's not like it's $25 million a year for four or five years. It's not that. So you don't have to worry about that with Rui Hachimura. And he's a good enough role player where he'll find a way to contribute. Austin Reeves is clearly not going to be in a deal if the Lakers are, are, are going to do a deal with Zach Levine. I, I I feel pretty confident that they are not going to try to make a move 
for um, Austin Reeves is not going to be a part of that deal. Here are my concerns with Zach Levine. I don't know if Zach Levine's the answer. Zach Levine sounds like an extreme, extreme move when I don't feel like you need to go out and make an extreme move. Um, and is Zach Levine the guy that you're also saying that I'm trying to look at the Lakers post LeBron? Is Zach Levine and Anthony Davis a combination that you're saying, oh, watch out for those two? It doesn't sound like it to me. Lakers got the Bulls tomorrow, and this is going to be a part of the conversation. Zach Levine will be a part of the conversation uh, because he's been rumored to be around the Lakers for a couple of months now. I don't think he's going to end up with the Lakers. And I say that because I'm sure there's going to be other teams out there that are more desperate for a Zach Levine or feel like, hey, we got a better offer that we can give up. What kind of draft compensation will Lakers have to give the Chicago Bulls to make it happen? Is this the draft pick that you want to include since you don't have a crazy amount of picks um, over the course of the next five years or so? So I think those are the things that kind of pop to my head when I think, hey, should the Lakers make a move? If you'd asked me this question a week ago, I would say just just stand pat, let the Lakers do their thing. Um, they went 1-3 and three over this four-game stretch. They've been wildly inconsistent. They haven't played that great against good teams, and they got some really good teams coming up here over the next uh, course of the next week or so. Maybe we're still in the process of figuring out what this Lakers team is. All right, let me um, let me take a quick call here. Chris from Anaheim. Chris, what's going on? Thank you for calling in, bud. Hey, what's going on? Um, I know everybody's talking about Zach, but my question is, if we trade for somebody who, you know, has three more years guaranteed, does that take us out from the running for, like, pitching to a Jason Tatum, who I know is what we're trying to look for post-LeBron? So, uh, I, I appreciate you calling in. So I think if you got – Tatum ain't going anywhere. He just won't. The Boston Celtics, that's franchise player. That's one of the top – five, six players, he's not going anywhere. If anybody goes anywhere, it's going to be Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's already been rumored in trades in the past. I know, I think I heard some trades when KD was on the market. Um, he, he's been rumored. The one rumor that I've never heard is Tatum, and Tatum's not going anywhere. He's going to be in Boston for a really, really long time. As far as if they take on one of these contracts, listen, eventually, yes, Braun, when he decides he's done, that money is going to come off the books. You can go out there and obviously try to acquire another, acquire another player. Um, I, I see Zach Levine as – I like the concept of saying he's the third best player on the championship team. I like that because I don't think he's definitely the star, and I don't think he's the second best player. It's no disrespect to Zach Levine, but if you're on the team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, that's a uh, that that's much different than if he's on a team with DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso. It just is. Um, but I have a difficult time thinking that the Chicago Bulls want a D'Angelo Russell or a Rui Hachimura, some type of combination of that, unless the Lakers are, are piling on with other things to make it happen. Quick shout-out here, uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, uh, proud partner of our show here on Lakers Talk. They've been a proud partner for a long time. Um, just go visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Don't procrastinate. If you need to go get your car serviced, go get it serviced. Literally no reason why uh, you're wasting time and uh, certainly want to make sure that you're you're safe around the holidays when you're driving around. Um, Brian Windhorse, who covers the NBA for ESPN. I'll, actually, this is one of the things I'm going to lead with with Brian. If he thinks the Lakers, um, how close are they, does he feel with the team they have, they, they can truly, truly compete 
or is this something that he feels like the Lakers would have to go make some type of move over the next couple of months? We'll do that coming up next. Brian Windhorst coming up. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, Lakers taking on the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. Um, it's kind of an interesting week for the Lakers. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. They got some really tough matchups uh, coming up. They're at Minnesota, at OKC. And who better to break things down from an NBA perspective, a Laker perspective? I want to welcome in Brian Windhorse. Covers the NBA for ESPN. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for the time, bud. Hi, Alan. Yeah, it is going to be a, a tough week for the Lakers. A pretty tough stretch uh, when you consider that the in-season tournament added turns it, you know, a three-game road trip into a five-game road trip, and they've been home for like one day in the last few weeks. Well, well let's actually start with that. What, what do you make of they go through the the in-season tournament and? Look, they look great. Uh, their point differential in group play, and then beat the, take care of the Phoenix Suns, beat the Pelicans, handle the Indiana Pacers. I know the matchups are not the elite of the elite, but what do you make of since the in-season tournament ended? They lost to the Dallas Mavericks, who didn't have Kyrie Irving. They split against the San Antonio Spurs. I, I know LeBron sat in one of those. AD D'Lo sat in another one. Um, and then yesterday they lose to the New York Knicks. What, what, just what do you make of the last week or so for the Lakers? Well, both them and, the, and LeBron mentioned the same situation for the Pacers last night. There was a bit of a come down, and the way it worked out is both the Lakers and the Pacers immediately left from the in-season tournament and went on three-game road trips. And the Pacers are one in four coming out of the in-season tournament, and and Halliburton missed a game in there, just like LeBron missed a game. And the Lakers are one and three because the Lakers went into a three-game road trip, and um, I and I think that's just kind of bad luck that you add two road games and then it goes into a longer trip. And I think it, you know, you could tell that the Lakers had a, a come down, um, you know, going into that game in Dallas. You could just tell that they that, that the Mavericks just had more energy. And so, um, quite frankly, I think at the end of the day, the Lakers' margin for error just isn't humongous, um, you know, particularly offensively. Um, you know, I, I think they've got a lot going for them defensively. It's why they uh, won the in-season tournament. They're able to do a lot of things. You know, the, the roster is built sort of defense first, which is not by accident. They did that. Um, but they're not a great shooting team. And so when they have an off shooting night, they're going to struggle offensively. And one of the things that we've seen, you know, really over the last few weeks is uh, D'Angelo Russell is not having a, a good, um, you know, moment right now. And that's not a surprise to me because, you look back at his career, he's a high-variance player. The Lakers fans know this as good as anybody. 
we could be talking in 10 days about how awesome he's been because he bounces back and forth like that. But the way the Lakers are designed and the way that their starting lineup particularly is where they start two guys in Torian Prince and Cam Reddish who are sort of defensive first players who aren't great shooters. Maybe they have a good shooting night, but a lot of times they're not going to. You really need D'Lo to be the instigator there. And when he's not doing that, the margin for error really shrinks down. And you're all of a sudden relying on AD and LeBron to really put up enormous numbers. And that's the Lakers' hand. And it can be successful, but that's why the reasons why we've seen them struggle at times. Brian, and I don't know if you've got enough to see from this Lakers team to say, hey, I think they're good to go and they don't need to make any changes. Jared Vanderbilt was out for a number of games. Looks like Gabe Vincent, we're looking at the status report, looks like he's going to be potentially available for the Lakers tomorrow, which is a little bit of a surprise, but the status report just came out a couple hours ago. When you hear some of the chatter and the conversation and the rumors, do you feel like the Lakers – the roster that they have right now, do you know enough about that roster to say, no, no, I think as is they can make a run with this? I mean, make a run. <laughs> you know, um, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and you have a team that can defend. You just saw them in a playoff-style situation really excel. So, yes, absolutely, I think they are good enough to make a run. Um, I don't – you know, look at them and say, boy, that is that team's going to have a great chance to win the championship this year. I think they could make a run. I think the, there's a couple of teams who are better positioned, and the Clippers right now look like one of them, but December is not May. Um, I, I think the Lakers have a good hand. I just think that they really need things to fall into place for it to all click, but that could happen. And that's, you know, the team has been designed in a certain way. I can I understand why they did it. I understand the process in which they went through, but the way they are designed, they they're you know I, I sort of would you, you, when you think of a race car, you think of offense, but they're almost sort of a race car with defense. But you, you know you need a race car to all be nicely finely tuned. When everything on a race car is running right, bam, it goes. And I think that I feel that way about the Lakers. But there are, there are there are all those cylinders and all those you know uh, joints and everything have to be working right, and so. I think that's one of the things they're going through right now is that they're a little bit off, and so you see it in the results. Brian Windhorst taking some time to join us here on uh, Lakers Talk. Lakers got a game coming up against the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. They're on the road for three straight games, and then they're back home for Christmas against the Boston Celtics. Um, last night, uh, got a chance to be at the arena, and, and obviously the in-season tournament, we've talked already a couple times about it, just the, the Lakers' path over the last couple of weeks. Just can I, can I get your overall thoughts on maybe what your expectations were coming into the in-season tournament and then actually watching this thing unfold? What did you make of the in-season tournament? Then I got a follow-up question on how the Lakers handled last night and put up a banner. So really it comes down to whether or not you are an international soccer fan. If you're an international soccer fan, this makes perfect sense to you what's happening. Um and, you know, I've gotten into international soccer over the last decade, so I understand what it was like before I understood it. Like, for example, in international soccer, there isn't, like, sort of an official clock. The clock just kind of runs, and the referee just kind of, like, wings it and decides when the game is over. And if you are not used to soccer and you don't, like, sort of feel the nuance of the game, you see that and it drives you crazy. It dro- used to drive me crazy. But as I learned the game and understood the game, I now understand it's a part of the game. So 
as a new concept, I understand that the American sports fan who is not who really has to grapple with the concept of wait a minute, why are, why is this game here more important than this than the game two days ago? And why is something in this part of the calendar all of a sudden decided to be important when something on that part of the calendar is less important? That's not how the American sports fan has been raised and taught about sports. So it is asking their, you to think differently. Um, and that is just what Adam Silver is trying to do. Now, his motive isn't necessarily to make it more enriching for the fan. His motive is to create something that has value that he can sell. And I think – one of the things that you can you know about LeBron James is while he wants to win at basketball, he's also very cognizant of business. And so you have seen LeBron absolutely 100% into this because he understands the business value of it, and he understands what his investment in it means to the NBA, and he understands how important his partnership is with the NBA going forward. So it, so it really needed, you know, even people who didn't understand it and get it, it needed buy-in for it. And LeBron and several other star players, but particularly LeBron more than anything, decided to make this a, a priority and make it important. And really, LeBron made it a gift. It was a gift to the NBA that LeBron was so invested in it because he could have gone the other way. He, you know, he, he doesn't owe the NBA anything, but he made a, made a big deal of it. And basically, LeBron helped make it a big deal, even up until last night when that banner went up. I think most people would agree that putting a banner up for that felt weird. It was a weird sentiment. But here you have LeBron totally excited about it and talking about how important it is. He didn't have to say that, but he said it in the same vein that was why he played all out for it. And so, um, again, personally, as somebody who understands the concept, I get it and think it works. But I'm also a realist, and I also think that it was a it was an amazing thing that the Lakers were involved in the first one and that they won it and that that carried the in-season tournament. My question would be if next year, if it's not the Lakers and sure. another team in it, if it ends up being the Pelicans and the Pacers, if that was Pelicans Pacers, does that fly? I'd like to think that it would, but I'm also don't know if the American sports fan has it. So LeBron has given them a gift. He's going to try to put roots down and try for it to hold. I just don't know enough to, to, to know whether it will or not. Is there, after seeing the first year go by, is there tweaks that you'd like to see? I know Michael and Thompson, Michael Thompson and I, every time we're on the pregame show, we had a lot of time to obviously dissect all this. Um, but Michael's suggestion is, hey, you got to have more at stake here for the fans. And what he means by that is um, it includes some type of stipulation. Hey, if you win the whole thing, it's a playoff spot or it's a play in tournament spot, something along those lines. Did you walk away thinking, Hey, I think I would enjoy this tournament more if this was included or that was included. I think, I think that is a good idea. I think that's, I think you, if you give, you know, the players keep saying that the 500,000 matters, that only has so much currency because like, here's the thing. I know LeBron kept saying that LeBron makes almost $500,000 a game on his regular paycheck anyway. So the fact that you're asking him to play an 83rd game, he should get an extra 500,000. I know that it matters a lot for guys down the bench, you know, you know, guys who are on minimum contracts, you know, those types of guys. I understand. But that only goes so far. They, they were artful in talking about it. You know, I'm trying to do that for that 500 and all that stuff. That sounds cool, but that's not really um, material. So, yes, I agree. I think there's two other things that I would look at. Number one, because point differential is 
such an important part of this. Um, and again, goal differential is very important in international soccer, and it's second nature for an international soccer fan to understand the, the importance of goal differential. In big tournaments, teams play routine two-game series where they play home and home, and you would say, well, how in God's name can you play home and home and decide who wins the series? The answer is goal differential. That's basic stuff in international soccer. Point differential is not under something that happens in the NBA. Well, because the you know it's imbalanced. In other words, there's five teams per pool. Not everybody can play at the same time. So the teams that ha- that could play, and it didn't matter for the Lakers because they clinched it. Um, but the teams who played on the last day and knew their point differential target had an advantage. I think you're going to have to figure out a way how you regroup the teams where everybody plays at the same time, which, by the way, they do on big, important end dates in international soccer. They all play at the same time because it's a disadvantage um, for you to go into the game. No, and that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, and this is something that I've heard from several teams, is maybe not the semifinals and the finals in Vegas. Um, you know, maybe have the semifinals at the, at the team sites you know, and then maybe have the finals uh, with a little bit of space so fans who may want to go there can actually plan to go. And you can build up the final game in more than just one day. Um, you know, I don't know if the NBA will do that because, you know, they really want to sort of make it an extravaganza. They want people just to go to the in-season tournament in Vegas like they would to plan to go to the All-Star game. But I do think that there's some thought process to getting – better environments in the semifinals, especially if one of them is going to be played at two o'clock Pacific on a weekday, which is, you know, where that semifinal was that first semifinal was played um, that there may be some thought about having them in the, on the, in the team arenas, you know, like in a traditional doubleheader on TV. Well, uh, mission accomplished of getting some pub and talking about the NBA at a time that is not exactly top storyline. And even if it wasn't top storyline, it was a storyline uh, and I think the NBA certainly did that. Brian Windhorst taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. Brian, you mentioned something. I think it was actually a really good description when you said last night, Lakers hanging up the banner. It, it looked a little weird. Um, I, I could tell you, as somebody who was there and as somebody has kind of been more on the side of, and maybe I'm I, I'm going to sound like a get-off-my-lawn type of guy, and I, I've been following the Lakers since I was a little kid, that real estate is such prime real estate, and the fact that there's a seven-game tournament banner that's hanging next to the championships in Minneapolis, the championships obviously in L.A., the Hall of Fame iconic players that have had their uh, jerseys retired with the Lakers, the fact that it's up there in that real estate, I, I, uh, not gonna lie, not gonna lie to you or the audience, it bothers me, and I've mentioned that before on on uh, over the last couple of weeks. Is this something? I mean, I guess to kind of get your feelings and your thoughts. Do you do you kind of see where I'm coming from on this? Or there's also, I feel like a lot of Laker fans are like, guys, it's fine. It's it's a tournament. This is something that they're doing. It's new. It's the first one that's ever been won. Put the damn banner up and quit complaining. Where do you where do you kind of lie on this? And and do you think it's a little bit extreme to be hanging up a banner? Well, again, I think the Lakers are doing the NBA an incredible service here because. If this was, with all due respect, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have nothing hanging up there, it would be a reasonable deal to put it up there. Um, but the Lakers winning this event, LeBron prioritizing this event, and, I mean, the Lakers being willing to put up a banner, like, I, I can't, I don't have any inside information to how that conversation went, but 
they're giving a gift to the NBA to make a big deal of it like that, to put that banner up there like that. Um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to tell everybody that this is a big deal, that this matters. I mean, they're kind of forcing that. And again, as somebody who appreciates English soccer, if you win the FA Cup in English soccer, you know, it's considered one of the prime trophies. I think, there, you know, there's five trophies that you can win. And it's it's considered one of the prime trophies. It's a huge success for to win the FA Cup. It is not as exactly as is prestigious as winning the Premier League, winning the Premiership uh, Cup. It is not winning the Champions Cup, but it is it matters. I don't I don't know other way to say it is that it matters. And again, we're conditioned as American sports fans, particularly if you're a Lakers fan who has come to you know the arena for decades and looked at those gold banners up there. You are conditioned. If you go to Boston and you see those white banners up there, you are conditioned that that is sacred. And so what you are basically doing is you are introducing something new to something sacred. That doesn't work in any walk in life initially. So they're trying. I think they're making an honest effort. And the fact that the Lakers will hang a banner, like I don't know who makes the call on that, if that's Jeannie you know, or whatever, but her doing that and her signing off on that is like giving it a blessing. It's like, you know, saying that the tournament is bona fide, which is something the NBA is very, very grateful for. And so, like, look, in 15 years, if this becomes a thing, um, winning that first tournament could really, really matter. It's just hard to feel that sense of history when you don't know what the future is. It's a great way to put it, and uh, I appreciate the uh, insight on that. I th- it's kind of funny. I was like trying to get – because you're you're so stuck in it, and I'm obviously doing a lot of Lakers content. I'm obviously interacting with a lot of Laker fans. It's nice to get kind of a fresh outlook on that, and I think it's a perfect way to explain it. Brian, um, always uh, appreciate the time. Uh, obviously, uh, your work that you do and the Hoop Collective podcast, everything else that you got going on, uh, it's fantastic work, and uh, thank you for making some time and hopping on the show. Appreciate Alan. Have a great holiday season, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you to uh, Brian Windhorse right there. And we come back, we got our final thoughts and talk a little bit about the rest of the week for the Los Angeles Lakers. A tough week coming up. You heard Brian talk about it, and uh, I always say this, I love games like this. I love weeks like this. I love when you have those good barometers. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for a service? All you got to do is head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We all know that it's home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. So at Valvoline, you stay in your car, you stay safe while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Here's a list of things that they do. Oil changes, check. Tire rotations, check. Transmission care and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Right now around the holidays, right before Thanksgiving, I went and took my car to Valvoline. Um, just makes sense to do it. Check engine light came on. All right, I'm running around. I know there's locations all around Southern California. I go to the one out here in Pasadena. Just get the job done. Why, why, get, why procrastinate? Why give yourself that headache? Make sure your car is running in top-notch form. You're all around Southern California. The last thing you want is for your car to break, break down. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, quick shout-out here. Thank you very much to Brian Windhorst. Always appreciate him jumping on the show. Um, he's all over the place, obviously, uh, all over the NBA. And for years, he's been nice enough to make time to 
to to join this show. So always uh, appreciative of that. A couple of interesting things he said at, at the end there. Um, number one, him talking about how I've heard a lot of people say this, that, look, the Lakers did the NBA such a favor by, A, caring about this in-season tournament, LeBron James included, B, eventually getting to the championship, winning this thing. I mean, think about it. In the first year that the in-season tournament is put together, if somebody would have told you, hey, the Lakers are going to win it all, the NBA and Adam Silver would say this is the most amazing thing. Now, maybe they would have wanted a better matchup in the finals, but is what it is. Um, and then the Lakers hanging the banner yesterday. I mean, I know I've already staked my claim on this, and frankly, this is the last time that I'm going to talk about it. Uh, it's done. It is what it is, but because it happened yesterday, I, I wanted to react to it one more time. But I, I thought what he said about it, it's such an incredible gesture to the NBA that the Lakers doing it obviously is um, – it, it adds some credibility to the entire tournament – and, again, I've heard other people make this argument. I understand the argument that they're making. Um, and I think Brian just solidifying that as well. You know, also him hitting on the fact that I asked about, what do you think? Is this roster good enough to, to make a run? His definition for make a run I, I thought was interesting, that a lot of things got to go their way for for them to actually make a run, that there's other teams out there that – have more talent and that you feel like are better positioned than Lakers. I, don't, I wouldn't argue that, but I think that's going to be part of the challenge for the front office between now and the time we obviously get to the point of the trade deadline. We have time. It's not like this thing's happening tomorrow. We've got another couple of months left, but I think that portion to me is interesting because they're so up and down right now, and they've been – Against good teams, they, they've either lost to, got blown out against, or barely have squeaked by. A lot of their wins are coming, just beating up against teams that are below 500. That in-season tournament, yes, it, it was kind of juiced, and all of a sudden it felt like it meant more for the Lakers and it meant more for those individual players than the regular season has meant so far. So kind of a weird season to watch. I mean, I, I thought I thought once they got through that in-season tournament, I was like, watch out for the Lakers. This squad is healthy. This squad is good to go. They don't have to worry about everybody's going to kind of just have to focus on their own role. Well, it certainly has not turned out that way. And speaking of the upcoming week for the Lakers, so until the next time we do a show, it's going to be till after the new year. Uh, we will not have a show next week because of the, the Christmas holidays, New Year holidays. I'm also still be doing some, some different radio stuff, and, and specifically the Lakers pregame and everything else. But – when I, I do look at the schedule coming up, this is what I'm referring to. You got a Chicago Bulls team coming up tomorrow that I know it sounds like, oh, it's a walk in the park. They're 11 and 17. Okay. Lakers probably will win that game. I want to give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt. Bulls just went to Philadelphia and won a game at Philly. All right. After that, you got a second of a back to back. You're at Minnesota. If you go look at the NBA standings right now, um, it, it's pretty easy to see. The best teams right now in the East and the West are who the Lakers have over the next course of the over the course of the next week. Minnesota is twenty and five. They play them on Thursday. Oklahoma City is seventeen and eight. By the way, blew you out a couple weeks ago. That was that final game of that road trip. Um, they're seventeen and eight. Lakers got them coming up on Saturday, and then on Monday again might be the best team in the NBA. The Boston Celtics. They're twenty and five. So they've got off to an incredible start. They're playing great basketball, and that's who the Lakers have on Christmas. 
So as I always say, it is um, it is certainly something that uh, uh, you look forward to because they're going up against good competition. It's certainly something that you want the Lakers to have that challenge and see how they do against some of the good team, uh, the good teams out there. The problem is they just haven't played well against good teams. So I, at this stage, you're kind of looking at these next four games that the Lakers have. If they go two and two. I think that's a win, and I'm talking about Chicago, Minnesota, uh, Oklahoma City, and the Boston Celtics. There's some really, really good teams out there that are in front of the Lakers, and the Lakers have not fared well against good teams. So we'll have to see how they do and and go from there. Okay, i got a couple shout-outs here before we get out of here. Number one, uh, my brother, who uh, has been working with me for a long time, Michael Funches, fantastic at what he does his birthday today so shout out to michael funches happy birthday there um thank you to mario ruiz uh thank you to uh, everybody that was tuning in today i appreciate that there will be no show next week so the next time we do have a lakers talk show it's going to be after the new year so keep that one in mind we'll obviously all be uh, hanging out for the holidays um i'll still be doing a lot of my radio programs so you could still tune in 710 we'll be making it happen uh la as always hope you have a great week and a great holiday jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, quick shout-out here. Thank you very much to Brian Windhorst. Always appreciate him jumping on the show. Um, he's all over the place, obviously, uh, all over the NBA. And for years, he's been nice enough to make time to to, to join this show. So always uh, appreciative of that. A couple of interesting things he said at, at the end there. Um, number one, him talking about how – I've heard a lot of people say this, that, look, the Lakers did the NBA such a favor – by A, caring about this in-season tournament, LeBron James included. B, eventually getting to the championship, winning this thing. I mean, think about it. In the first year that the in-season tournament is put together, if somebody would have told you, hey, the Lakers are going to win it all, the NBA and Adam Silver would say, this is the most amazing thing. Now, maybe they would have wanted a better matchup in the finals, but is what it is. Um, and then the Lakers hanging the banner yesterday. I mean, I know I've already staked my claim on this, and frankly, this is the last time that I'm going to talk about it. Uh, it's done, it is what it is, but because it happened yesterday, I, I wanted to react to it one more time. But I, I thought what he said about it, it's such an incredible gesture to the NBA that the Lakers doing it obviously is um, it, it adds some credibility to the entire tournament. And again, I've heard other people make this argument. I understand the argument that they're making. Um, and I think Brian just solidifying that as well. You know, also him hitting on the fact that I asked about, what do you think? Is this roster good enough to, to make a run? 
his definition for make a run, I, I thought was interesting. That a lot of things got to go their way for for them to actually make a run. That there's other teams out there that have more talent and that you feel like are better positioned than Lakers. I, I wouldn't argue that, but I, I think that's going to be part of the challenge for the front office between now and the time we obviously get to the point of the trade deadline. We have time. It's not like this thing's happening tomorrow. We've got another couple of months left. But I think that portion to me is interesting because they're so up and down right now. And they've been against good teams. They've either lost to, got blown out against, or barely have squeaked by. A lot of their wins are coming just beating up against teams that are below five hundred. That in-season tournament, yes, it it was kind of juiced, and all of a sudden it felt like it meant more for the Lakers and it meant more for those individual players than the regular season has meant so far. So kind of a weird season to watch. I mean, I thought thought once they got through that in-season tournament, I was like, watch out for the Lakers. This squad is healthy. This squad is good to go. They don't have to worry about everybody's going to kind of just have to focus on their own role. Well, it certainly has not turned out that way. And speaking of the upcoming week for the Lakers, so until the next time we do a show, it's going to be till after the new year. Uh, we will not have a show next week because of the, the Christmas holidays, New Year holidays. I'm also still be doing some, some different radio stuff, and specifically the Lakers pregame and everything else. But when I, I do look at the schedule coming up, this is what I'm referring to. You got a Chicago Bulls team coming up tomorrow that I know it sounds like, oh, it's a walk in the park. They're 11 and 17. Okay, Lakers probably will win that game. I want to give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt. Bulls just went to Philadelphia and won a game at Philly. All right, after that, you got a second of a back-to-back. You're at Minnesota. If you go look at the NBA standings right now, um, it, it's pretty easy to see. The best teams right now in the East and the West are who the Lakers have over the next course of the over the course of the next week. Minnesota's twenty and five. They play them on Thursday. Oklahoma City is seventeen and eight. By the way, blew you out a couple weeks ago. That was that final game of that road trip. Um, they're seventeen and eight. Lakers got them coming up on Saturday, and then on Monday again might be the best team in the NBA. The Boston Celtics. They're twenty and five. So they've got off to an incredible start. They're playing great basketball, and that's who the Lakers have on Christmas. So as I always say, it is um, it is certainly something that uh, uh, you look forward to because they're going up against good competition. It's certainly something that you want the Lakers to have that challenge and see how they do against some of the good team, uh, the good teams out there. The problem is they just haven't played well against good teams. So I. At this stage, you're kind of looking at these next four games that the Lakers have. If they go 2-2, two and two, I think that's a win. And I'm talking about Chicago, Minnesota, uh, Oklahoma City, and the Boston Celtics. There's some really, really good teams out there that are in front of the Lakers, and the Lakers have not fared well against good teams. So we'll have to see how they do and, and go from there. Okay, i got a couple shout-outs here before we get out of here. Um, number one, uh, my brother who uh, has been working with me for a long time, Michael Funches. Fantastic at what he does. His birthday today, so shout-out to Michael Funches. Happy birthday there. Um, thank you to Mario Ruiz. Uh, thank you to uh, everybody that was tuning in today. I appreciate that. There will be no show next week. So the next time we do have a Lakers talk show, it's going to be after the New Year, so keep that one in mind. We'll obviously all be uh, hanging out for the holidays. 
Um, I'll still be doing a lot of my radio programs, so you could still tune in 710. We'll be making it happen. Uh, L.A., as always, hope you have a great week and a great holiday. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.